0: open at the Esoteric Order of Dagon where Cookie and Finn and Philip are there and Bruno is not there because he left because of the demon spawn child, Saboth. You guys are sitting there and you see the little boy just uh, enthralled, listening. As the father reads to the child. What do you guys wish to do before we cut over to Bruno in his broodingness?
1: Ben's sitting in the chapel or whatever, waiting to talk to the father to look at the library.
2: Cookie never went into the room or building or whatever that they were in she was just kind of hanging out outside waiting to talk to all of the women who are doing the cooking and prepping for the party that's right you went to the kitchen
0: after a, a little while the father looks up and sees the new faces sitting there watching him read and he tells little abner run along Go play outside. And the child is resistant. He's not happy about it, but he does as he is told by the father. The father walks up to both Philip and Finn. You're both sitting there. And extends a hand out to both of you. Welcome, welcome. It's wonderful to see such new faces, and especially at such a wonderful festive time.
3: Yes, yes, charmed, I am sure. Philip stands up and shakes the father's hand. Do forgive our um, impertinence in visiting. We have been uh, told by the Collinses of this wonderful festival that is going to occur in a few weeks, I believe it was. And we simply just had to see for ourselves the uh, festivities that you are preparing.
0: It is a big time for our order and many preparations are uh, underway. It is the one single day that's most important, but we like to do a lot of fellowship, community gathering events leading up to it. Uh, So you said the Collinses, I believe they are the innkeepers.
3: Yes, yes, that is correct. We are currently staying at the inn at Innsmouth, so to speak, yes.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, what is your curiosity with the Esoteric Order of Dagon? Is Is it just to experience the festival, or is there something deeper?
3: Philip nudges Finn.
1: I was hoping to maybe read some of your literature, see what um, the order's about. I mean, maybe a pamphlet. I'm not sure. Unless you have more in a library? I I don't know.
0: Certainly, and he'll... Put a hand on your shoulder and kind of guide you to walk out of the pew area down the aisle. Why don't I take you to my office and we'll further discuss what exactly it is you're looking for. Cause then I can better direct you where to find that material. You too, sir, are more than welcome to to come along.
3: Oh, I do appreciate the offer. However, I am um, simply here to admire the architecture of which I have seen seen enough, and I wish to see some of the festivities and talk with the wonderful people of Innsmouth. But do take care, my good lad. Do enjoy the texts that you are so studiously studying. Thank you. And Philip will abandon Finn to his fate because he has a uh, he has a Molly Milligan to talk to.
0: So uh, Finn, you are walking um, through the sanctuary and you're going um, into the further recesses of the building to get to the father's office. So that'll take a little bit of time. Bruno, you're still walking toward the the fish packing plant brooding and we'll get to you momentarily. Cookie, what's happening out in the uh, kitchen area while that conversation was happening?
2: I spy where everyone is coming in and out of the kitchen door, kind of make my way over that direction and just kind of like hang out and then sneak in as it fits better and start like asking questions. Hey, you guys, you know, like, You're planning this sweet party. I also like to party. What does this esoteric Order of Dagon like? What are you guys looking forward to to the festival? You know, anyone that's close. You said sneak in, but I assume
0: you mean kind of walking in as if you're meant to be there?
2: Cookie feels like she deserves to be there or, I mean, like fits there.
0: So you're going to walk in. A lot of the women, there's activity. They're rolling out dough. They're mixing things. They're pulling stuff out of ovens. They're talking amongst themselves and you walk in and just kind of insert yourself there and start asking these questions. Hey. What are we doing? What's, you know, what's going on with the festival? That Those kinds of questions that you said earlier, correct?
2: Absolutely.
0: So as you ask these questions, and being a very new person, they're kind of all give a pause and kind of look at you as you are a new face they've never seen. One woman carrying a tray, looks like fresh Baked bread will hand the tray to you and uh, say you can set that on the rack behind
2: you. I'll grab the rack and take it and with a smile and an expectant like grin waiting for, you know, a little more direction after put the rack on the (laughs) tray.
0: So the women will kind of at your hesitancy of really not knowing. The same woman, will say, who don't have a lot of experience in the kitchen, huh?
2: I mean, like, I've worked in and around kitchens and stuff before. I just want to help. I heard that you guys had a really big festival coming up in a couple weeks, like a week or two. And I'm on vacation for a while. So I thought that I would help. I've never really been in Innsmouth before and I think it's beautiful here.
0: Oh. So do you came to Innsmouth with your husband?
2: No, I'm not married. Um still like I guess working on that, but um I just heard it was a beautiful town, and I had never seen the beach before or the ocean. And you guys have a gorgeous harbor, and I just really wanted to check it out, I guess.
0: One of the other women, a very old woman, kind of shouts towards you. I'll introduce you to my grandson, Peter. He's about your age. He's a doctor.
2: I hear they have good health insurance. I would love to meet a doctor.
0: And the original woman. Why don't you grab that uh, basket over on that counter there and walk with me to the main building. I can point out some other sights for you to see in the city while you're here.
2: Thank you so much. Anywhere where, like, the young, handsome men gather would be bomb.
0: She looks at you oddly and looks to the other women who are also a little taken aback at your words. Yeah, why, just, why don't we walk? And she'll start heading out the building. Finn, you arrive at the father's office, and within you see bookshelves, many books, some old, some new. But he makes a beeline to his desk and he starts moving some papers around. And you'll see him grab a tiny little thin booklet. And I'll hand it to you and say, "This is the booklet that we pass out to people who are interested in learning more about the order."
1: Oh well, thank you. This could be a good, a good uh, brush up. But uh, I've been, um, I do a bit of. I'm from Boston. I do a wee bit of research, um. Here and there. So I've been doing a little bit of research on like um was it Father Dagon and Mother Hydra, and hearing about this place here is why I came to figure out a wee bit more about how they fit in with other stuff.
0: Hmm. What other stuff are you?
1: Well, you know, there's other, you know, myths and legends of those sort. That um I do research about. So, like I've heard of those, like um, Dagon has brothers and parents and whatnot. And so, how is all that related with each other? You now, that sort of
3: research.
0: Yes, yes. There's many myths about Dagon, and, and I mean, the Christian Bible makes several references to Dagon. But I'm sure if you were to head down to the fish packing plant, you'd hear a lot of other myths. Some. I won't bother repeating. So what kind of research are you doing? How exactly are you going to paint your picture of the Esoteric Order of Dagon? I'm sure your research is done for a reason.
1: Well, of course, no, I wouldn't put the place in a bad light. It's more of understanding the historical aspect of other religions in New England and Europe and all of those places, like the Mediterranean area, and how they've interacted and influenced and shaped parts of Christianity.
0: I'll think about that not a bit. Will you make a persuasion roll? I want to see which book he's going to give you. So he'll walk over to his bookcase. He'll pull a few books and he'll set them on the desk that you're standing at. And he'll pick the first one up and put it in your hand and say, This book is the history of the Esoteric Order of Dagon here in Innsmouth. It's who started it, all the fathers that have worked. It outlines the yearly events that have happened throughout our existence here. And then he'll pick up another book, put it on top of that one. This book is our tenets, the rules that this is what we believe. These are the, our laws, that kind of stuff. And then the third book is familiar since it's the Bible. He says within there, you'll notice I've marked several passages that when you put them in relation to the tenets in this book, You'll see how they affect each other, how possibly our tenets were derived from this book. Do you think this would be enough for you to begin your research?
1: Uh, for sure. It'll be a, a great, a great starting point. Um, I'll, I'll read through them as quickly as I can and return them when probably within the week. You mind if I come back after and maybe ask a few questions to clarify things?
0: Of course, I would relish an opportunity to discuss the order and its beliefs with someone who is truly wanting to learn.
1: Well, that is, yes, that is exactly what I'm trying to do is learn. I'll be back in a few days then, probably. Thanks very much.
0: He'll clap you on the shoulder there because you can't shake hands. Your arms are full. And we'll cut to Bruno. You have left the esoteric order. You are making your way down to the fish packing houses, correct?
4: That was my intention.
0: Okay, so you left, and let's see what happens then.
4: A little bit into my journey, I'll be reaching around in my pocket for cigarettes. And I'll feel some loose change, and I'll stop. And I'll look over, and I'll see a payphone. I will decide to go try and call the head office.
0: It's the middle of the day. Somebody is there working. A receptionist answers the phone.
4: This is an agent from the Boston field team looking to get in touch with Senior Agent Patterson.
0: You can be connected with him. He's a little out of breath. Agent Patterson?
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's your field team, your favorite field team. Got a little report for you.
0: You guys find the source of the the film?
4: That depends upon what you mean, and I will then begin to lay out like we found the source of the film, and that we found the girl that was in the film, and that basically tell him everything except for the child.
0: Okay. So you, the girl in the film, Yeah. you found her. Has she told you who made the film? How were they able to do that? Well, why does it have that effect on people?
4: You see, things got a little weird because she has a child. And the townsfolks up here, they say when she washed up a couple years ago, she was with child. She says that his name is Abner but every time you bring up that name he responds with Zaboth.
0: Patterson will be quiet on the other end and um Bruno.
4: It gets even weirder because right now he's at the Esoteric Order of Dagon with the head priest there reading from some creepy old book. He's six.
0: You really have a problem with books.
4: I got a problem with creepy old books and creepy old places, all right?
0: All right, look. You questioned the girl, and she knows nothing about the film.
4: I didn't feel appropriate to question her about the film with the new information that was come to light. They've got some ritual coming up in like two weeks, they're making big plans. This is ringing the bells.
0: It's ringing the bells. All right. Okay. I hear you.
4: That's good. That means we got a good connection here.
0: Question her about the film. We need to know. If somebody can make a film like that and it's released in a cinema, can you imagine? We need to find out how that film is made and we need to stop it. That is your priority. This other stuff, yes, it's important. We'll keep an eye on it gather info. I'm not saying it's not important. Bruno, it is. But I need you to be on the priority right now. If this gets out, we could have mass suicides all over the country. Do you understand?
4: Yeah. Believe me, I know. I was there. I watched it. I get it. Okay. We also have like two weeks before possible fish people are all over the place. Fish... Yeah, you know these people—they look, look fishy. He's doing things with his hands, but obviously he can't see that.
0: All right, Bruno. Again, take information, gather it. If if I have to send a team up there to keep watch, I will. But I need you. Your team was sent on this task, but if you really feel this is important, gather info. Tell us what's going on, and maybe maybe. If you really think it's important, Bruno, maybe I'll just keep you guys up there for the next month or two to see what's going on.
4: He's not like furious. He kind of expected this because it's, you know. He's had this situation before where he's had to call the home office and the home office was like. Maintain the course here. All right. All right. All I right. just. Coming up with some stalling plans just in case. I get the call back. All right. You got anything you want me to pass along that arrest?
0: Well, I how's how's Philip doing? He's, you know, coming off all that um therapy and, you know, back in the field full time now. Is is he is he doing okay?
4: Have I noticed anything interesting you want me to tell the agent? He's been writing in a journal a lot more, and otherwise he seems fine. Yeah, it's, uh lots of journal writing, which makes sense. I got my little notebook here. He taps wherever he's got that stashed. The, uh still talk about Bertram, which I don't... Do we have a file? Is he a real person? He seems like Phil, for better or worse.
0: Bertram's real. You'll pick up that his voice might get a little disappointed when you bring up Bertram.
4: Interesting. Disappointed in me or disappointed in Philip? Philip. Wonderful. Don't think I necessarily have anything else to give him at the moment. I will leave from here... I will head back to the cinema.
0: All right. So, Philip, you were looking for Molly. And when Abner was told to run along and go play, he took off out of the sanctuary. And Molly started to follow. She's not in a hurry. She's kind of letting him go do his thing. And you'll find her outside of the sanctuary. Looking at the artwork and some artifact pieces that on pedestals under glass, she's just kind of looking like one looks when they're at a museum.
3: I'm interested in the artifacts. Philip will sidle up next to her, and he will also look at the artifact that she's looking at. Try to appraise it so I could seem impressive and smart.
0: Well, do you want to make your appraisal roll first, or would you like me to describe it first?
3: Please describe it.
0: On a podium, underneath glass, you will see a beautifully crafted necklace. Gold chain and a lot of gold filigree coming off of it, and the gold filigree wiring is delicately wrapped around stones that have been polished and shaped. They're not perfectly round, nor are they oval. They're just very irregular and oddly shaped. The stones are iridescent in appearance, and as you move, you kind of see them kind of shift color. The gold wiring filigree that wraps around keeps you from seeing the entirety of the stone. But as you stare at it, it is very mesmerizing. And Molly, too, is just mesmerized by it as well. Can you make a con rule? Okay, you're going to have a minus to your appraisal now? If anything, the hypnotic quality of it has only increased its value.
3: As I have succeeded in my appraisal, would I be correct in assuming that this would be a artifact of local manufacture using a particular stone that a particular girl held up to a particular cameraman in a particular film? Yes. Awesome. Philip has looked at this necklace and he's seen the filigree, he's seen the stone, he can't tear his eyes away from the stone. He can't even, like, lean back. He's just leaned forward. He's got his dark glasses on. He's looking at it. And now, if I'm not, not mistaken, this is an example of uh, nothing uh, of antiquity that, that I can recall that I've seen before, and I've seen many things in Jerusalem, uh, Budapest, so on and so forth. No, this has a, a distinct manufacture all its own. I would dare say based on some of the architecture of the esoteric order, that it is something local. It may perhaps have influenced the local architecture at the esoteric order itself. But the stones that are set within the gold wiring and the filigree, those are the most interesting because I've seen one before. And it was not in person. It was in the negatives of a film. A film about a man and a girl on a beach. And a girl picked up that stone and gave it to the person holding the camera. And he got lost within it, just as I did now. And then she was gone. Does that sound familiar to you, Miss Milligan?
0: Oh. Oh, I'm sorry.
3: Oh, no, no, it's quite all right. It's quite all right. I apologize. I I have a minor knack for antiquities. I I do enjoy looking at these kinds of things. I'm an antiquarian by trade normally, but I've been summoned to Innsmouth on other business.
0: Mm. It's it's beautiful, isn't it? Every time I, I come here with Abner, I always find myself drawn. I just, the colors and the sheen. And she kind of gets this dreamy look again.
3: Yes, I do agree. I would hazard a guess as to say that such stones are normally found upon the sandy beaches of Innsmouth Bay, are they not?
0: She'll kind of come out of it as you speak to her. And, oh, yes, the the beach, you'll you'll find pieces of them. Kind of scattered around.
3: Yes. As I said, I saw one in a film that came from Innsmith. It was found in the cinema for a very distinguished gentleman took it back with him to Massachusetts. Arkham. My apologies. I found it uh, very peculiar, actually, which is why I and my friends have come up here in order to investigate the town and see the sights, so to speak. It involved a man who sadly passed away of a broken mind and a broken heart at your hospice well to the north of here, as I recall.
0: So, look at you and look a little confused and a film?
3: Yes, as I said, it was very peculiar as it was filmed in the manner as if the camera itself was the eyes of a man.
0: Oh, that does sound like a peculiar film. And she'll step away from the necklace, take a, a few steps, and she looks rather upset. And she'll kind of look back at you and, and like, and he was on a beach and then he went mad and the film showed him pass.
3: Philip will turn from the case and step aside to kind of keep pace with Molly. And with that thin smile that is just for propriety, he will say, no, no, I believe the chain of events was. He was shown a stone much like this and the camera focused upon it. And then when a certain amount of time passed and when the camera looked up again the small girl was further down the beach and then she was gone and then in the next scene he was in the Innsmouth Hospice of course I do mean the camera as shown by if it was a man looking through the lenses of this camera and the last thing that he saw was a window and some birds outside moving in the slowest of motion as I believe the doctors of the hospice had sedated him because he had gone mad. And those who I have spoken to who have seen this film have talked to me of a profound sadness as if the gentleman who was filming this entire engagement knew that he would never see his daughter again and then I did learn that such a man passed away some years ago in the hospice
0: you'll see her eyes uh, well up with with tears and they spill over and her lip quivers and she also has a very confused look on her face and she keeps shaking her head back and forth and and she could just barely get out to you the same question a
4: film?
3: Yes, that is the peculiar part because as I recall, Miss Milligan there was no camera upon that beach when your father was taken away. She
0: shakes her head back and forth and, and is crying and, and that no we're too poor to have a, a camera and, and besides who would who would want to film such a a thing as him in a hospice, mad? It's just it, it. She just breaks down.
3: Well, fortunately, Philip does have a handkerchief handy because he is a learned, cultured man. And while he is a monster making a single mother cry, he is prepared for this eventuality. And so he will take out his handkerchief and. Try failingly to console her, but he is better at getting answers, really.
0: She'll wipe her face. Kind of look up at you and. I didn't know anything about this when when they found me and and when they thought it was the appropriate time to tell me, they, they told me what happened to my father, but I didn't. Why would somebody I don't. How is it, and she never completes any of these sentences to you. She is distraught.
3: Miss Milligan, I must confess to you, I am, as I said, an antiquarian by trade, and I did come up here for a different purpose. That purpose being official, if you don't mind. I am an agent with a department of esoteric relics and parchment, and I believe it is an esoteric relic which has transferred the most powerful memories of a man besotten by loss and put them upon a film so that others who would see it would feel as he felt. And if you'll allow me to say, Miss Milligan, those who have seen this film understand that your father's greatest regret was that he was never able to find you and he would never have stopped searching if others within the town of Innsmouth did not commit him to the hospice, as if he were insane.
0: That further, just, she's now just a sobbing mess, Be bringing up the fact that her, her father not only died, but died of grief. Her composure is lost. Do a spot hidden.
3: On a roll.
0: He doesn't see him yet, but he's there watching this interaction right now.
3: Let's guide her to somewhere to sit.
0: As you look around to try to find a place to guide her to sit, you'll look across the way and you'll see there's a bench, like a settee bench.
3: Oh, Perfect. I'll guide her towards the settee.
0: And as you guide her over there, you'll see some movement out of the corner of your eye, and you'll see Abner. Standing there, looking at you. And maybe for the first time, there's a little bit of an emotion on his face. Maybe there's just a little bit, a hint of anger. And let's cut to Finn and Cookie. Cookie, you are being led into the building proper, and you'll come into an entrance, and you'll see Philip on a settee with a sobbing molly. Finn, you'll come out of the recesses of the building through some halls and into this foyer-type area. And you, too, from a different angle, perspective, you will see Philip sitting on this bench, settee with a distraught and sobbing Molly. Cookie, the woman you're with, will abandon you and rush toward Molly and try to uh, hug and console her while looking at Philip. What? What have you done? done to her?
3: I confess that I do not rightly know, miss. It does seem to be a reaction I garner often, and I do apologize.
2: And I am also so sorry. Why are you so upset? My friend, Philip, he... he may not necessarily be able to comfort my friends. If you need someone to talk to, I feel like I am a way better shoulder to cry on rather than fill up my weaselly best friend.
0: Molly will start to gain control of herself and and she'll kind of shake her head no and she'll, Take a couple deep breaths and, and say, no, it's just he he just told me some news about my father that I, I didn't know about. And it, it was upsetting. And and I, I don't think he meant any ill will. It's just I, I just didn't know. And she'll look at the woman that's trying to comfort her. And just, I didn't know. I didn't know that you guys did that to him. And she'll just start repeating that. I didn't know. That and the woman will look a little guilty,
3: and by extension, Philip will look a little pleased with himself,
2: and thus Cookie is very confused. So, as
1: this happened, Finn just shrugs and leaves to go back to the hotel room and read some books.
0: Bruno, did you head back to the esoteric order?
4: No, I was heading back to the cinema.
0: Middle of the day, you're going to go back to the cinema. And once again, you will see that gentleman that was out front. He'll be kind of sweeping the walkway and just kind of making sure things look nice and professional.
4: I will wait for him to reach a moment where he's got some time in his cleaning or when he like notices me or something. I'm not trying to. Hey, you, answer my questions now, kind of thing.
0: If you watch for a little bit, you'll see after a, a minute or so, he'll kind of put the broom and dustpan aside and pull out a pack of cigarettes and a lighter and light up a smoke and kind of lean against the building, and he'll, looking up and down the road, he'll spot you and smile, nod.
4: Yeah, he pulls out a cigarette and his lighter lights a cigarette all will very clearly come over to interact with him, get him to light my cigarette. And I guess just give it a minute to see if he starts things off. I don't know what his day is like. He probably has somebody to talk to.
0: He'll look at you and remembers you and, and he'll, he'll say, what'd would you, would you and your friend think of the, the movie the other night?
4: I had never seen anything like that before in my life.
0: You know, like, smiled, chuckled Yeah. It's a, it's a different one, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it's a little creepy. Not that you know I was scared or nothing, but you know
0: Nah, big guy like you I'd be surprised nah. if anything scared you. But you know films like that aren't for everyone.
4: Nah nah, I was I was glad that I see it. See let me uh you guys ever sell old equipment? When you get new stuff, you know, like projector or something.
0: No, you don't typically sell equipment, no.
4: Is so there somewhere else in town that would sell uh I'll point up towards the big marquee, the all the grandeur that sells uh this kind of stuff?
0: Shake his head. No, no. Everything for the theater we, we have to get shipped in. Oh yeah? Mm-hmm.
4: who uh who services all of this
0: oh well you know studios will send out films and the point to the poster in the window there the posters to go with them and and the the, the signage you just get from a sign supplier and letters numbers yeah But the projectors, you know, if they go bad, we really try to fix them. And we don't really, like, we keep most of our stuff. I mean, every projector, well, every projector that we've ever had can usually be found here. You want to roll psychology or spot hidden or anything?
4: Yes, I would very much like to roll to make him give up the goods.
0: As he's talking about the equipment in there, all of it that can be found in there, you'll notice there's a little bit of uh, a pause, annoyance, maybe a little anger. But for the most part, what he's saying is the truth. But there's something else that he's kept back. Maybe something he doesn't like to talk about.
4: Do a quick little look around. Is the road here mostly vacant?
0: No, it's the middle of the day. There's people, town folk, walking the streets. Do you want to make a luck roll to see if anybody noticed you, Big Bruno, outside the theater talking to um, Mr. Ford? As you kind of look around, you'll notice that during the day, the cinema, when it's not all lit up in that, it's maybe not as much of a, a draw. It doesn't seem like people are really paying too much attention. There are people around, but nobody's really looking at the, at the cinema. I'm
4: going to go into my coat, pull out my flask, take a hit out of it, and offer it to him.
0: He'll kind of look surprised. He'll take it, take a hit,
4: so I'm going to be clear with you. I'm here investigating some uh, some issues of a personal nature, right? So somebody got a projector from this town and he'll point to the the loop of this finger indicating the whole town. And uh it had some films of some questionable natures on it. Take the flask back. I'll hit it again and I'll pass it back to him if you see if he wants a little bit more. I'm trying to find out where it came from. You seem like you might know a little more something.
0: Let's cut back to the others. Finn went back to the inn to begin reading. Finn, when you walk in, Sarah Collins uh, will see you and immediately offer to make you a wonderful peanut butter and jelly sandwich because young men like you need to eat.
1: Oh, that'd be splendid. Much appreciated. I'll uh, I'll grab an apple on my way up as well.
0: Uh, what are the books?
1: Well, I'm I'm doing a wee bit of uh, research on um, the the order over there. So they lent me a couple of books to get some uh, facts and whatnot to make sure it's all top-notch and accurate.
0: Oh. Well, I won't disturb you then, but if you need any help, just be sure to ask. I'll be sure to. Philip and Cookie? Molly is been consoled and um, being comforted by the woman that uh, came in with Cookie. As you stand there and watch Molly gain a little composure, you'll see Abner walk up to his mother and just give her a look. And then he'll kind of eye the two of you and he'll grab his mother's hand and start to pull it. Do you guys wish to say or do anything?
3: Philip will bend down as Abner, Nezaboth Zaboth, starts to pull at his mom's hand. Hello, young man. You must be Abner. Very nice to meet you. Zabah. Yes, yes, capital, of course. Yes, young Zaboth. Tell me, do you like to search for pretty stones along the beaches of Innsmouth Bay?
0: And he'll look up at his mother first, and then he'll look at you. A slight nod.
3: Ah, yes. A fellow rock hound, as you yanks call him. Tell me, young man, do you remember anything about your father?
0: Again, he'll look up at his mother, look at you, and there's a more defined shake of the head no. And then he'll kind of look up at Cookie and look to you.
2: Well, I'm really just wondering what I should wear. I am so excited to go to your celebration, your beach celebration. I've never had, like, a beach party before. Molly, what should I wear? Is there a special color or a special kind of fabric?
0: And the two women will look at you and say, usually, just a of warm clothing. Not many of the festivities are outside since it's winter. But since it's your first time attending, you're more than welcome to come back tomorrow and maybe we'll introduce you to all of the events that are planned and then we can see where you can help out if you really wish to be a part of the experience.
2: Absolutely. I do not want to embarrass myself by wearing wool when I shouldn't, you know, like if I need to wear something that's like made from the ocean, I've never seen the ocean um up until recently. But if you have some, some, some phenomenal um ocean gear or seaweed clothing or I just, I don't want to embarrass myself. If you guys could help me, that would be phenomenal.
0: They look to you, and the woman that brought you in says, Well, that's fine, dear. Be here tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. I should get Molly home. And she'll start guiding Molly towards the door as young Abner is just staring at Philip. Again, a bit of anger on his face and follows his mother and the woman towards the door.
3: As they step out of the door and away from Philip and Cookie, and Philip will clap his hands and say, Capital! I think that went very well.
2: And meanwhile, Cookie will just have that resigned face of... Fill up your moron, <laughs> and I have yet again saved the day.
3: What? No, if it. Uh, well, I did manage to find out that there was definitely no film involved, no camera involved. So I believe our next. Our next steps will be to go to the hospice, and there we may find is it's the moment of his, his ultimate, uh, the moment of his ultimate um, uh, his greatest pain. You know, the, the the moment of ultimate despair. Yes, that's the word.
2: Cookie's face of absolutely darling, like anything you say, like I've stopped listening to you an hour ago, has not changed.
3: That's fair. Well, shall we go to the hospice, or do you wish to rather return to the inn and have a luncheon, or I'm not certain what else you would wish to do around here.
2: I mean, like, there's no real big parties happening anytime soon, Philip, so if you think that we'll find more information. however. I'm very concerned about my friend, Bruno, because I haven't seen him since he left, chasing some kind of random, like, cultists.
3: I wouldn't say they were cultists, unless they were the cult of a secretive people who enjoy a secret nip of alcohol. I suppose, then, I shall escort you towards the... hmm, where would one of his type go? Ah. Likely to the fish houses. We can amble that way back down to the waterfront and see if we find him. If not, well, we can circle back towards the inn and then I will go up to the hospice.
2: Please. Because the last time I saw Bruno, he was wandering off into uh, the streets. And Finn, I think that he entered the esoteric order of Dagon, and then we never saw him again. Uh, I I think I would like to regroup, if that was a possibility, please.
3: Yes, yes, of course. I did see young Finn uh, left with an armful of books, so I thought. But yes, yes, of course. We will first go towards the fish-packing houses, and then we'll circle back around to the bed and breakfast. After that, we will decide our next steps.
0: Why don't we leave it there for tonight?
3: And Philip is sitting behind Molly Milligan, and he has some things to say. Did I miss anything?
4: You missed the part where I got up and left because you're all fucking crazy.
3: No, no, no. I I said that you you ran off weeping towards parts unknown because of your mother. No, like that was earlier. This is like at the end.
0: No, he left to go to the fish packing place because he's apparently going to blow something
3: up.
4: I need the distraction for the ritual.
3: Yes, the ritual in two weeks that we will... Two weeks. Two weeks. Do remember why we are here. We are not here to blow up a fish packing plant nor set fire to the waterside. We are here to investigate a film projector with attached film.
4: Yeah, and we found the lady and her crazy kid who's most assuredly some kind of demon spawn.
3: (laughs) All children are demon spawn at that age. You're not wrong. Wait, 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 wait. I don't believe I caught that. Can you say (laughs) that again? -hmm. It's like we're doing a recap, like, you know,
4: 20 years down the road. It's like watching their own TV show.
0: Father Mulcahy? Mulcahy?
3: We're going to have to edit this out, because Father Mulcahy. (laughs) One, hard to pronounce. Two, that's the dude from M.A.S.H. Uh.
2: ha. She was just kind of hanging out outside waiting to talk to all of the women who are doing the cooking and prepping for the party. That's right. You went to the
0: kitchen. You went to the kitchen where you belong. Yeah.
2: Bitch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) A lot of the women, there's activity. They're rolling out dough. They're... Mixing things. They're pulling stuff out of ovens. And cooking is very talking. helpful. They're Super talking. helpful. Mm-hmm. Somebody is there working. A receptionist answers the phone.
4: Do we have any kind of special code word or phrase or something for our little group? Or is it just agent? Do I even have it? Did I give myself a this name? I don't think that I did. I no, I don't know.
0: Hmm. What unit are you? Delta? What? Omega. I
4: don't know. <laughs> we could be uh we could be Unit Charlie after the long lost Chuck.
0: <laughs> I mean you could just be the uh New England division of derp for
4: New England New field agents. New yeah, England the chowder heads. A-
0: the chowder heads. It's chowder.
3: Okay. <laughs> Say it. Say chowder. <laughs>
0: Say it. <laughs>
3: Ask not what chowder can do for you, ask what you can do for chowder. All
0: right, so yes, you were just the New England uh the New England field agents. Maybe behind your backs you guys are called the chowder heads. Who knows?
4: That's that's accurate. I can't wait for it to come up later on. I guess that makes Agent Peterson like the head chowder. Patterson. Yeah.
3: Whatever. <laughs> um this I don't say it you for you. I say it for the recording. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got, we got cheaper, I gotta keep
4: I gotta make a sticky nose. Patterson.
0: Patterson. Patterson. Patterson.
4: Chatterson.
2: Chatterson. Chatterson.
4: <laughs> anyway. Um
2: No, you have to hashtag Chatterhead. <laughs> gross.
1: Um gross.
2: It's too late. Like, you did this yourself.
4: <laughs> uh, have I noticed anything different with Philip? Philip? Well, Phillip? Or, or would you like me to do some kind of roll to see what I may have noticed?
3: Oh, no, I'd love to see you do a roll to see what
0: yeah. you noticed. What will okay. you roll, though? Spot hidden? No. Uh, to roll a spot hidden.
4: I think it partially depends upon... What um, if Philip is hiding it, or if he's just being Philip? Because it could be, uh, it could be like an int roll, or I could see like a psychology with a bonus dice. Because
0: I'll give you psychology. Thumb, I'll give you psychology the the bonus.
4: Uh, that's the purple one, right? Yeah,
0: I think so. I'll give yes, you the psychology. A purple one. Oh, Jesus! A purple one. <laughs> what, if, what have you noticed about Philip? Whatever uh, you
4: wish to say. <laughs> what is a So I rolled on a 46 and a 96, yeah. basically, mm-hmm. for Correct, for yeah. future reference, for my own understanding.
0: Yeah, you rolled a 46, so it failed. No. I gave you the plus one, so you'd be on the blue line, the plus one. I said I'd give you a bonus.
4: Yep. no, that's fine. That is still a... Cool. Would you
0: what? like to spend luck?
4: I... Let me just put it out there that Philip is not worth 36 points of
3: luck. Wow. That's fair. That's fair.
0: (laughs) She's just kind of looking like one looks when they're at a museum.
3: Okay, well, fuck the artwork. I'm interested in the artifact because artwork is evil. It will come alive and it will transport me to a hellscape. I do not need that again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That further... Just, she's now just a sobbing mess. Be bringing up the fact that her her father not only died but died of grief.
3: I'm so good at this.
0: Her composure is lost.
3: I'm gonna get lynched by the townspeople at this rate. But I'm on a roll.
0: Do a spot hidden.
3: On a roll. You do not
4: see Zaboth staring at you with murderous intent. That's
0: exactly. He did not see. Yeah. He doesn't see him yet, but he's there watching this interaction right now.
3: It's fine. He doesn't know anything. That's I'm just talking fine. about his grandfather. Mm-hmm.
1: So as this happened, Finn just shrugs and leaves to go back to the hotel room and read some books.
3: Zoidberg's on out.
2: <laughs> STFU, bro. <laughs> Are you just going to like bail? <laughs> Come on.
1: Well, yes, he, he has to do his
2: research. Let's do research. Did you head back to the
0: Esoteric Order?
4: Point of clarification, though. It was Molly said to the lady that, like the Esoteric Order lady, mm-hmm. that she didn't know that they did something? Did that I hear He was I
0: in the hospice committed as if he was insane.
4: Gotcha. Just wanted to she clarify. She didn't
0: know you. that he went insane. They had Got just it. said, oh, he passed. He so they was in the hospice. The, they kept that part from her.
4: That. The gory details that Philip yes. just ruined everything with.
0: Yes, because there was no need to, like, drive it home on her.
4: I mean, <laughs>
0: unless
4: <laughs> you're a monster. But Philip did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they thought they were trying to be nice. She had enough to deal with the fact that she came back, you know, with Abner.
4: The monster baby.
0: He's not a monster. He's a beautiful little boy. Would you like to see the picture again? yes. <laughs>
4: I mean, i've seen the picture what Yeah, if, if, if it's the same picture you've been
0: yes i showing. love that picture i need to get that picture on canvas on my wall
4: sure <laughs> But yeah. all
2: children are perfect in god's eyes bro which god I mean, it's uh-huh. like a very personal thing. I'm not trying to tell you what your God is or not. I'm just saying whether they have big fish eyes or not, like it's perfect in God's eyes.
4: Yeah, I'll gin him in a cigarette. It's been like 10 seconds since my last one.
0: <laughs> Someone has
4: an addiction. I mean, it's the 20s. Everybody has an addiction.
3: <laughs> Oz here, just chiming in at the end to say thanks for continuing to support us with your ears, bumping us by word of mouth, and even with Patreon donations, which is pretty awesome. If you aren't on our Discord, feel free to come on by and get a Without a Net welcome. If you are, you know how we do. We couldn't continue to do this without your support and feedback, so if you do have feedback, this is me personally begging you to let us know. We know we can always do better, and we'd love to know when we're doing well. Anyway, a couple of disclaimers. The music you heard in the intro and the outro is from The Great Old Ones and Other Beings album by Graham Plowman. You can find that on YouTube. It is some excellent Call of Cthulhu music. Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition is produced by Chaosium, Inc. Without a net podcast has no affiliation with Chaosium, Inc. We just think 7th Edition is pretty bomb, and we're going to go ahead and try it out. We get no kickbacks from Chaosium, nor do we expect any, although that may change in the future, but probably not. I hope you all had a wonderful time listening to this, and we will see you next week.